You deserve to be informed. Don't get lost in the massive inflow of information. Hello, we came back to the second segment, uh, the topic of the week. And today's topic of the week is terror. And we're going to relate it to Kenya, which was our country report today. But we're also going to touch on the recent terrorist attack on Paris, Beirut, and so on. Uh, so let me ask you this question. Uh, how did you think of the recent terrorist attack? Uh, first, Ahmed, what did you get out of this? Uh, there were multiple terrorist attacks, not just one, right? Yeah, there have been multiple terrorist attacks. And I think what we've seen, uh, especially on social media, to me, was really interesting um, to really say that what happened in Paris was tragic and terrible. Uh, but there also, we were reminded that there are things that are happening around the world as well. Um, and the example that they brought is what happened in Beirut just mm -hmm. the day before, before mm -hmm. uh, the Paris attacks. Um, and uh, also, uh, speaking of Kenya and our country report, there was also a terrorist attack on Kenya, uh, on Kenya uh, mm -hmm. in a university, mm -hmm. and uh, more than 100 uh, people were killed as well. Mm -hmm. And it was also, again, a terrorist attack from mm -hmm. uh, Islamist militias. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it was, it was absolutely a terrible and tragic um, to see what happened to Paris, mm -hmm. uh, a capital city that was, and the people who were targeted were people just having a good time on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was really sad. Um, but I think with the overwhelming coverage of Paris attacks, uh, some people got a bit critical um, of the news coverage of what happened in Paris and compared that to what happened in Kenya a few months before that. Mm -hmm. So that's... Um, okay. Um, Alex, what did you think of the terror, recent terrors? Yeah, it... Um, Ahmed brought up a lot of good points. Uh, when people kind of hear these attacks, about these attacks, they kind of become irrationally fearful. I think over-fearful, I would like to say, for a while. Um, especially with Paris, because a lot of Americans will identify with Europe um, more so than it with Beirut or Kenya mm -hmm. because there is a closer relationship. Mm -hmm. More people are more familiar with it. So in U.S. news, you will obviously get that biased view, more of a more Eurocentric view. Um, but I think with the attack in Paris and then people kind of actually, I don't want to say like pushed back, but kind of broadened what is being reported a little bit now, because there was this attack in Beirut, mm -hmm. and people have kind of done like a 180 and said, we need to maybe start talking about this. And so hopefully in the future, that stuff like this will be reported more in the U.S. So, yeah, you were one of the critical people that Ahmed just described. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tatiana. Well, I'm one of those critical people, too. <laughs> um, um, that is not to say that... Um, it undermines the the um, severity of the, the severity event. of the right. event. It's absolutely um, unacceptable. But it reminded me of January fifteen, uh, two thousand fifteen. Mm -hmm. um, if you remember, je suis Charlie. Oh. Um, Charlie Hebdo, right? Yeah. And um, when seventeen 
people were killed and three million people went out on the streets. Mm. And um, the president of um, Nigeria um, made a speech um, saying how regretful he was and, um, you know, just expressed his um, sorrow over something that happened in France. In the meantime, Mm. just a few days before, 2,000 Nigerians were killed Mm -hmm. by uh, Boko Haram. Mm-hmm. And there was no coverage in the news, and the president of Nigeria did not mention anything. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do we, the Western media, mm-hmm. chooses what to cover and how to cover? Mm-hmm. And how can we distinguish between whose li- lives are more important to us? Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, I so would like to focus on that. Yes. some of the media coverage, mostly. Yes. Okay. Ifra, what was um, your take on... My first initial reaction to the Paris attacks and the attacks in, um, in Kenya and in Beirut were yet, were yet again another attack in that, that uses my religion to um, hurt other people, mm-hmm. which to me is just... For someone who has read the Quran, my, my life goal is to actually memorize and um, be able to repeat and tell you everything about the Quran. I specifically go to, to classes for that. Mm-hmm. And so as someone who is trying to to make the most, sorry, out of her holy book, mm-hmm. I don't really appreciate when other people take that and then twist it mm-hmm. yeah. for, their own ade- uh, for their own agenda and for their own egotistical goals. So for example, the in the Quran it says... Um, which means kill them wherever you find them. And so people take this excerpt of a verse and they don't mm-hmm. even take it in Arabic, they take it in English and they use it to justify killing, which is 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 wrong. You cannot do that. Um, and there will be people, the news, um, they'll say things like, the Holy Quran says this. Well, you, you don't know what it says. You haven't even read it in its original language. You've only read a, a translation and a translation at best can tell you it, it just translates. It doesn't carry across the the full meaning. It doesn't carry across the context. You don't you don't know what this book is about. So speaking about Islam and about Muslims um, and saying that it's a violent religion that promotes terrorism is not correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think there are two uh, interesting points that we brought here so far, and I'd like to hear what you think, uh, William. But so far, we have the point of Western media coverage mm-hmm. and the religion aspect of mm-hmm. terrorist attacks right. yeah. and uh, the use of religion, mm-hmm. either the coverage um, of the media, like of the religion by the media, mm-hmm. or the hijacking of the religion by certain terrorist um, mm-hmm. groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, w- what do you think? What do you have to add? Um, so I can add uh, Asian perspective on this issue. Um, uh-huh. There are not many uh, Muslim population in East Asia there are mm-hmm. a lot in Southeast Asia, uh, but not many in East Asia. Mm-hmm. And East Asian countries are mostly homogenous. So uh, 97% of the population in Korea, for example, is Korean or at least Asian in some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and that is uh, that tells us that there are not many Muslim population, and thus people are. It's not easy for them to understand what Muslims are for. And what their religion mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the mis- the common misconception amongst Korean public, I would exaggerate it just a bit to say ninety percent of the Korean public thinks that Muslim is violent religion. 
So yeah. I would just like, I would like to discuss more about the religion just to just to unfold some of the facts and just to target um, misconceptions and misunderstandings that might exist amongst the public. And it's it's easy to deceive people, whereas it's harder to persuade them to otherwise. And so. can you clarify for our listeners what kind of religion they follow in Korea? So 30, about 30% of the, uh, the population believes in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And about another 30% of the population believes in Christian. Uh, I think there are about 2% who are Muslim, who believes in Islam. Mm-hmm. But those population are often purged as a consequence of those stereotypes. Okay. But yeah, that's my perspective into Asia. So yeah. Let, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people, like you said, argue that in Quran, they promote violent themes. Uh, what are the things that you see as most prob- problematic about this? About that claim? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I would ask the person who's claim, who claims that, um, have they read the Quran? And mm-hmm. if they say yes, I will ask them, have they read it in its original language, which most have probably have, have not had any experience with Arabic. So it... It you just you can't speak about something you have no knowledge about. It's just you're you're ignorant about the religion. You're ignorant about the book. Um, n- not to say that you someone shouldn't go out there and and seek that knowledge. Of course, go out there and and find out what Islam is about. But but just to paint Muslims with a paintbrush by the actions of a person who purports to be Muslim. Um, not saying that uh, that person is or is not a Muslim, but. Um, you, you can't just say that because of that person's actions, all Muslims are like this. I don't go out there and paint all Germans with, um, you know, a, a brush of hatred because of Hitler. It doesn't work like that. Um, mm. I just, yes. I don't think it, just because of the actions of a few, you can, you know, judge the, judge the actions of the many. Yeah, right. uh, I think that's a great point. And also the many religious scholars agree that religious scriptures are very, tricky in the sense that they're very difficult to interpret. Ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are, like, we cannot really deny the fact that there are, like, certain terrorists who use, like, the text itself. Mm-hmm. So there are things that are in the text, mm-hmm. uh, but it's more of a question about the interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there are, um, when, it, when it comes to the question of whether that religion is peaceful or violence uh, or violent, uh, that is, um, at least uh, from what I read, is very simplistic approach mm-hmm. to, the, uh, to the real issue. Mm-hmm. The real issue is about interpretation mm-hmm. and how we interpret uh, the text. Mm-hmm. There are, um, and the, I think the one way to understand the text is to see what the main religious councils and representatives of that group, so if we're talking about Christianity, what the Pope say, what the Vatican mm-hmm. says, mm-hmm. or if we're talking about Catholicism, um, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So for um, for Muslims to have few people who mis- misinterpret mm-hmm. their religion and uses that religion to commit such violent acts, mm-hmm. it's really uh, annoying for many Muslims. Honestly, whenever a terrorist attacks, uh, take place, the first questions that as a Muslim, as an Arab, you would have is, 
what's going to happen afterward. Yeah, the with, reaction. Right. With the reaction. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's uh, it's a very it's mm. a very tricky. Right. So it's uh, people can manipulate words to fit their own narrative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very easy to do, and you can kind of see that right now in the U.S. We're going to have presidential elections mm -hmm. coming up pretty soon, so everyone has their own narrative, mm -hmm. and they're going to take words from one of these presidential candidates mm -hmm. and twist them to fit what narrative they want to push. Mm -hmm. So you'll see that a lot in the U.S. media, that someone said this and this, and it's a small excerpt of what they said, but they don't give you the whole context. Mm -hmm. yeah. okay. Just on the on the flip side, um, I have recently read a book called Peace and Islam, mm -hmm. and it's written by the leader of the international um, community, mm -hmm. um, Ahmadiyya, it's called. Mm -hmm. And um, what the book um, talks about is that at the basis of Islam, mm -hmm. um, there is peace and unity, mm -hmm. and that's what the, re the religion talks about. Um, and so the leader goes to the UN and um, US and he talks about peace. Mm -hmm. So I was deeply impressed and was inspired by, by that book. Okay, mm -hmm. so as we were talking about the terror, uh, let's, uh, let's point out to the fact that Islamic State and Al-Shabaab has both uh, justified their attacks using their religion. And in your opinion, what do you think is their motivation? Let's look at the fundamentals of this conflict. What do you think? So the religion was a tool for them mm -hmm. to realize their ambitions. What do you think was their ambitions? I think their motivation is just to, to, to have peace. Like to them, from, from our outward perspective, it's these people are terrorists. These people are um, they're killing, other pe they're killing other people. They're committing atrocities. But to them themselves, it's more... We're, we're building a state in the face of war. Like Somalia, it's a, uh, I mean, it's, there's, it's a failed state. It, it's a failed, and well, I don't really, as a Somali person, that really like hurts my heart uh, yeah. because it, it's a very peaceful, like it's very yeah. peaceful place like mm. for a Somali person. I mean, I guess if you were like a foreigner, it would be less peaceful because you're you're a, a foreigner to the place, to the mm. country. But mm. um, to them, they're just they're establishing peace in a place in a war-torn area that hasn't had peace for a long time. And so, um, if you have, if you guys have seen any of the propaganda videos, I've seen like one maybe. But mm -hmm. um, they don't. They give food and they um, they um, help orphans. Mm -hmm. To them, they're they're basically just establishing a society. To and but what we're to, well and through the means of of terror and and violence. Mm -hmm. um, but to them, the end kind of justifies the okay. means. And justifies the means. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think for me, like mm -hmm. terrorism in general, and if we can be speaking about uh, Al-Shabaab in more like in specific, I think it's a multidimensional challenge. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that we have to tackle at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't like reducing the whole like problem into religion mm -hmm. no, or agree, even agree, or yeah. even reducing it's not only religion it's there's also like clan conflicts um your clan is your identity like i have my clan someone else has their clan mm -hmm. and uh. and in somalia that's really big um 
even in the government, like right now, like the Somali government, every clan has to have their own seat. They have to have a representative that represents the interests of the clan because your clan is more like your your military, your protection. So you're right. Like it's it's a multi-dimensional issue that cannot be reduced to like just say religion. So or or even similarly, not only like religion, but also to politics. So we cannot really just talk about politics because there are different things. One thing that you brought is the clan and how tribal like. Uh, how the structure of the society and the concept of the nation state mm -hmm. in many mm -hmm. of these countries are very different. Mm -hmm. The concept of citizenship mm -hmm. is still not very strong on those in those places. So if you go uh, to, I won't go to Somalia, I can go to Somalia, but uh, in many other places in that region, they identify, like, if anything happened to the state, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they will just go to their clan. Yeah, to exactly. Their your clan is your protection. Tribe. So as a person, if the reason why I would say would be safe going to Somalia is because like my I have a clan that resides there and that's my protection. Whereas like Tatiana mm -hmm. may not have someone who could protect her mm -hmm. right. because yeah. of the, the lack of a clan. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I think there is an interesting point here. We think differently. Westerners, Asians, mm -hmm. those who are not from or the region think differently. They, we have fundamentally different concepts. So how must we approach this issue? How must we perhaps persuade those who are uninformed of such kind? How, how should we approach this issue so that there is less stereotypes, less stigma on Islam as a religion, Kenya as a country, and so on. I think instead of labeling um, religion or um, culture, we need to take time to study it because it, it's easy to label something that is unknown. Right. It is harder to do it when you, when you have knowledge and when you have understanding or when you start getting understanding, you, you, start, you start to comprehend more about the culture and how the things are run. Mm. Oh, against that, I guess I can play devil's advocate and say, well, there are too much information these days mm -hmm. that it's it's difficult for one to find correct information or perhaps unbiased information. So um, that's the challenge that we face today. Mm -hmm. And Alex, what do you think? I think a lot of this, these thoughts come from people who actually haven't met people who are from this area or who follow Islam. Mm -hmm. And once you actually kind of really just really sit down and talk to someone, you realize that, like from these areas, mm -hmm. that you realize that your preconceived notions, if they're maybe against Islam, mm -hmm. that they're really not true. Mm -hmm. So you, you see interactions as a key right. to dismantle these kind of... Yes, the more yeah. the more you are, um, I won't say involved, but exposed just to yeah, exposed mm -hmm. to different cultures. Mm -hmm. The more you understand them, the more you are less likely to make just false claims. Okay, how about uh, you? I, I also would like to bring another point, which is slightly different. There is a challenge on the intellectual level. There are like. These terrorists are not in a vacuum. They are like they're being taught, and they're like some of them are educated. Mm -hmm. So there is a challenge on the intellectual level. It's a responsibility for Muslims as well as non-Muslims uh, to understand what is going on. Why do these people use the like different texts that they use mm -hmm. using these different interpretations? 
Um, so I wouldn't just turn a blind eye on these actions and say uh, it's just like it's not a big deal. It's a big deal because it's taking place not only in the West, but it's also, as we said, in Beirut. Mm -hmm. There are Lebanese who are being like terrorists are targeting not only non-Muslims, but also Muslims. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a responsibility to, for like on all of us to mm -hmm. um, to understand why this is actually happening. Uh, so that brings back the point, which is not to reduce the whole thing into just politics. It's mm -hmm. not just politics. Yeah. It's not only we don't understand really what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're actually doing harm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to address that on the intellectual level. Mm -hmm. But also on the uh, political aspect of it, which is why, why do these people come from, for instance, Syria, mm -hmm. Iraq, um, and like other places, mm -hmm. it's not just a coincidence. There mm -hmm. are civil wars, mm -hmm. there are foreign intervention, mm -hmm. there are there are conflicts, there are socioeconomic challenges. Mm -hmm. So there are the point I'm trying to make here, it's it's very complex and it cannot really be simplified into mm -hmm. like one sentence or mm -hmm. two sentences and yeah. trying to um, explain the whole uh, challenge. Um, and one interesting um, research that one of my um, professors, not my professor, one of the PhD students here at Ohio State in mm -hmm. the political science department, he's studying um, the anti-Americanism, anti-American sentiment mm -hmm. in different countries. Mm -hmm. um, and one of those countries was Pakistan. And he realized that whenever there is an intervention, maybe a drone strike or something like that, anti-Americanism go up, goes up. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's the, I think the point that we can get or the conclusion is that it it's really related to many, like many different things. It's mm. not just one thing. One thing, right? Yeah. So your argument is similar to Tatiana's. Uh, she said that knowledge is the key, mm -hmm. and you think knowing it and spending enough time to study on it is important. But I think Ahmed mentioned that we need to look for underlying causes mm -hmm. of the problem, mm -hmm. and one of it could be what are the needs mm -hmm. that are not unmet, unmet mm -hmm. needs uh -huh. of those people, what they're looking for. Are they mm -hmm. looking for basic needs um, or to express themselves, to be heard? Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. think that's a really important point. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like to add real quick that people need to realize that terrorism isn't unique to Islam. It, it's really just being used as a tool mm -hmm. right now, but there's terrorists that have been in Western culture also. Mm -hmm. Like, think of the IRA in Northern Ireland. They were considered terrorists, mm -hmm. bombings and everything. Mm -hmm. It's and just, they just used a different tool to mm -hmm. push their agenda. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. currently, Islam is the most popular tool. Mm. Okay. So, I, I guess to end, uh, I would like to ask a different question to Ifra. Um, if you met, if you were, so Donald Trump is coming to town Mm. <laughs> and he's known for being critical against Islam and he's known for making arguments that was often brought up in this argument uh, in this discussion uh, that Muslims are the cause of terror attacks Islam as a religion as a violent religion and you know knowledge is important um, getting exposed to uh, different cultures are important but in realistic practice it's difficult to sit with someone and have a long conversation, or it's difficult to persuade them to read books, uh, read Quran in Islam. 
or make an effort. You know, everyone has their own interests and lives. So what would you do if you were able to meet Donald Trump? What would you tell him if about, you had about 10 minutes to talk to him? Well, I would um, discuss the basics of Islam, tell him that my religion is this and it's not this, that there are different interpretations, as you mentioned, um, that individuals should be judged based as individuals and not to speak for the whole group. I don't say that a certain... Um, Who's the guy that's shooting with the school? He, like, he shot all those little kids in... Um, in which country? Uh, it was in, in the U.S. Uh, in um, was it Massachusetts. Yeah. Somewhere in the... Yeah, I mean, I don't paint him and say, all Caucasian people are like mass shooters. No, I don't say mm -hmm. that. And so um, I know that's race and not religion, but I would tell him you should judge individual bases, individuals, and, and not as a spokesperson for a whole group. Um, and that he is... Um, you should look more in depth into my religion because it's not as the the media would portray. Okay. And to conclude, I wanted to add: as individuals, we can um, try to work on um, for some projects like interface, for instance, interface dialogue. Like um, I organized an event where I, I invited five speakers from different religions, mm -hmm. and I asked them, "How does your religion see?" peace. And mm. everyone said that at the core of each religion, they see peace and unity mm. and harmony. Mm. So I think as individuals, we can um, make a step towards understanding other cultures and um, get in, and staying in touch with um, other religions and ethnic groups and mm -hmm. trying to understand and learn from each other. You're a great example of that. <laughs> 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 interfaith dialogue work mm -hmm. that you're doing all right Thanks. and I, I really like your idea and we can perhaps also propose that to our audience if you have a time uh give yourself a 10 minutes to uh invite some of your friends who might be of a different race might have a different religion might be from a different country and just have a conversation and be honest about what you know and what you don't so that you can truly understand and not make any mistake of prejudging uh, with misinformed uh, base. So, yeah, um, we're going to say one word, one sentence. Uh, we're going to go around and then we're going to conclude. So, Ahmed. Uh, I think the, what, I have, uh, what I would say is that um, we always have to be very humble and not jump to conclusions before we really understand what's going on. Mm. Yeah, I agree with Ahmed. A lot of people jump to conclusions. They see an article that kind of agrees with their viewpoint and they take that and run. And we need to just stop for a second, uh, sit back and really wait until the truth comes out where something has time to have all the facts investigated and then you should make your conclusions. Just to add to this, I think we need to um, look into different regions in the world and not to stay centered on the West and say that West is more important than the rest of the world because I think everyone is equal and everyone's life is equally important. Um, I think the takeaway from this is that Kenyans and, and Islam and Muslims are not um, as the media would portray and that they're actually a wide variety of spectrum than um, what's shown. Okay, thank you. That was our topic of the week, uh, terrorist attack or terror. And 
we had country report on Kenya with IFA. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.